This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is a season that simply has been one of Dodger domination. LA's home for the NL West champion Dodgers. KLAC KYSR HD2 Los Angeles. AM570 in LA Sports Icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keaton. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Okay, here we go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, a couple of things off the top. First, how do you like my shirt, Rodney? Love it. The West is ours. Is that what it says? Yeah, I got one for you. Yeah. Thank you. Our friend Sandy Steele. Yep. Fantastic! I love it. Set of shirts. Bring on the shirts and hats and all the all the paraphernalia, Fred. We we roll it. Dodger Clubhouse store, seven locations now. The one at Universal is the one I always go to. They've got all the merch, and uh, we've got these new Wester West is One shirts. So that's pretty cool. Oh, the West was one. Also, want to say that we're giving away Dodger tickets. One pair of Dodger tickets every hour, mm. every mm. hour during the mm. show, noon to three, three hours today. So keep listening. You'll have a chance to win Dodger tickets Mm. once an hour between now and 3 o'clock. Now, before we get to what we're going to get to, and we've got a lot of stuff to get on to on the show today, uh, I want to finish the story. And again, my apologies about Ed Ranshaw. Yeah, Ranshaw. We talked about the man's nubs. (laughs) Anyway, here's the bottom line. It was during the tease, and I was going to point something out about USC. But uh, as you know, uh, I was born in Detroit, but then grew up in Phoenix. Rodney's from Tucson. And we were talking about the fact that if you're from Phoenix, you do not like the dirty tea. And you do not like the University of Arizona. So that was one part of the story. Then I was trying to point out that I was very invested in Arizona State Athletics. Ed Ranshaw, who was a teacher at West Phoenix High School, was in charge of program sales. Somehow during the story, it was mentioned that Ed Ranshaw had no fingers. Now, how he lost his fingers, I don't know. You don't know that story? I don't know how he lost his fingers. I don't know if they were blown off. I, I don't know. What was the rumors going around? You know there were rumors with you kids. You crazy kids always have rumors how someone lost their leg or lost their fingers or had one eye or something like that. The kids yeah. may, and, it, and the story gets embellished over the years. Well, you but, didn't have a story like that about Ed Ranshaw okay. and his fingers? Well, let's, let's talk about the one eye. Okay. Oh. And that was the story of Perry Biter. It just keeps getting better. No, and I told Who? you, Perry Biter. This is not. This is different <laughs> than the boss you had that had no legs, right? That was Willard Chewcraft. Okay. Gee, Fred, you know some weird people. No. You've hey, had some I, weird people in your life. Everybody's a person. Okay, I'll just do this real fast. Willard Chewcraft? Willard Chewcraft. That was not his name. Yeah, it was. Who clearly couldn't wear shoes. I was necessarily trying to make a joke. I was just making an observation. Okay. Anyway, what do you want? Do you want the story about the guy with no well, eye, Willard Ed Hinshaw, or Renshaw, Renshaw, the, 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 Ed Ranshaw. But now I have to tell the, the, the one-eye story. Yes, you do. All right. I'm going to go in order. Okay. It's going to be Perry Biter, Ed Ranshaw, 
Willard Shoecraft. That will okay. be the order of the stories. Because you brought it up. I didn't. Here we, <laughs> and you can't make those names up either, right? <laughs> no, I remember this. Yeah, Biden, I brought it. I have no idea who these people are. Right. And I brought it up. Yeah, because you said, did you know somebody? <laughs> Was there a story? So now I have stories about these people. All, all to my, well, some are no longer with us. But uh, at the time, there were wonderful people. Perry Bider was the kid I went to elementary school with. this is no-eye guy? This is, this is the one-eye guy. Okay. Perry Bider is the guy I went to elementary school with in Detroit. And he had uh, uh, an artificial eye. He had one eye, and then he had an artificial eye. And he was the kid we were walking down the hall. It had to be third or fourth grade. And uh, he was jostled or bumped. And he made a sound after getting jostled or bumped. It wasn't intentional. He was just bumped into. And his head kind of jerked. And at that point, his his artificial eye popped out and rolled down the hall. And I said, Perry, your eye is rolling down the hall. He went and he picked up his eye. He washed it off. And he stuck it back in. Now, everybody knew that one of his eyes looked unusual. We were little kids. So, you know, I didn't realize at that point that he'd had an artificial eye. But then I did realize it when it popped out and rolled down the hall. So that was the story of Perry Bider. How did it pop out, Fred? I don't He was jostled or bumped, and his head kind of moved, and it just kind of popped out. <laughs> what did it do? <laughs> what sound did it make? Kind of what? And it popped out. Can you never make that sound on the radio again, oh Frank, please? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm sorry. Oh, did you look at him when the eye popped out? Yes, I saw that he was missing. Did you see it in motion pop out? And yeah, I saw it. And I was the one that said, Perry, your eye is rolling down the hall. As if he didn't already know that, Fred. Well, he didn't know where it was. because he Did had you been... kick it, Fred? No, I didn't kick it. It looked like a marble. A glassy. If you remember as a kid playing marbles. Glassy, okay, glassy marble. Right. Steely's glassy, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it so it popped out. You saw this happen. And it rolled down time. the hall. Rolled down the what did he look like with the eye popped out? Like he had a hole where his eye was. Okay. So it would be like an eye and then a hole. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay. And I don't know if you it, it, and I really don't. And if, if you you know, if you go through this or you have this, you know, maybe you can explain. I don't know if it's put in with suction or glue or what, but it popped out. And I'm sure yeah. things have changed not, in the years where we were I'm sure not glue, school. Fred. I'm sure they don't just put glue on it and put it back. I, I don't know, Rodney, and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Then we moved to Ed Ranshaw. Ed Ranshaw was a teacher at West Phoenix High School. You asked what were the stories. Yeah. The stories were that somehow uh, in an explosion, his fingers had been blown off. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that he had partial fingers. Was he hanging out with Jason Pierre-Paul or what? Oh, Lord. Oh, too soon. Sorry. Anyway, I do know that. Firecracker incident. He was in charge of program sales, and he was the... So we would sell programs at the Arizona State Games. He was the guy... Was it both hands? Yes. Ooh. Both hands had, both? had nubs. Yeah, right. Ouch. Yeah, he, he had an, a moniker, a nickname that I'm not going to share because that okay. will offend people, and Kevin will get upset again. But you can imagine what his nickname was. Anyway, he was also the guy that was in charge of program sales for the Phoenix Suns, and he was the one that set up Bob Bedard, who was the quarterback on the f football team, to win 
$1,000 shooting a half-court shot at the Suns game. Oh, yeah, I do right. remember You remember that? that? Okay. okay, yes. That was Ed Ranshaw. Anyway, my point was, even as a kid that was very invested in Arizona State Athletics for whatever reason, and I could not tell you, I had a USC jacket. I'd walk around with this USC jacket on because I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. So I can, uh, then that addresses Colin who is now infatuated and orgasmic with USC football. Yes. Yeah, but he has been. He has been in a while. Right. This is now that we're back. He's even more over the top with it. Yeah, it's ridiculous already. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why don't you go start making out with her? Uh, with, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Better go, Colin. Keep it up. Lincoln Riley. Okay. Yes. Now you asked a and question. We'll, you asked yeah. a question of Willard Shoecraft. There you go. Shoecraft. Shoe, shoe what? Shoecraft. Shoecraft. Now, what did he have? Okay. Or didn't have. <laughs> he didn't have any legs. Now, you go, how do you know this man? How do you know him? Well, what happened was, when I was trying to get my first radio job at Kiko. Was this in Arizona, yeah, too? Kiko Radio, Globe, Arizona, 90 miles east of Phoenix. Bordered by the San Carlos Indian Reservation and the Inspiration Consolidated Copper Company. And the radio station was in a trailer. <laughs> it was called Patio Park. And I was there doing the local play-by-play of the high school football team, the Globe Tigers. It was the Globe Miami market. And I also did a show every night. And I had to sell my own show. I was in sales. And I was Uncle Fred, the kiddie's friend, the ambassador of mirth and merriment. A ray of sunshine in your otherwise dreary day. And that's when I started playing top 40 music. But to get... Wait, say that slogan again. Uncle Fred, the kiddie's mirth? friend. Mirth? Mirth and merriment. Mirth and merriment. Math. <laughs> A ray of sunshine in your otherwise dreary day, 8 till 12 midnight. And I did that because I wanted to be the play-by-play guy of the local high school team. And that's also where I ran the board for Philip Casador and La Jora Mexicana. And, oh no, that was Pete Oviedo, La Jora Mexicana. And that show was all in Spanish. I didn't speak Spanish, but I was operating the board for him. And he'd sit in another studio. And every time he wanted me to play the record he'd take a spoon and hit a glass. I didn't even understand what he was saying. I also ran the board for the Apache Hour with Philip Casador. And that was all Apache music on the Motown label, which was very odd. You could, uh, uh, Apache music on the Motown label. Right, so you could pick up the Motown label. That, Kevin? It could oh, be, I'm already searching. All right, it could be Michael Jackson on the Motown label or the Buffalo song on the Motown label. So you had to be careful during the Apache Hour which song you played. And that was also uh, the show I did where during the show, uh, Gila County Sheriffs came in and arrested Philip Casador for shooting wow. heroin. Oh, no. While he was on the air. Yeah. Anyway, the guy that owned that radio station, his name was Willard Shoecraft, and he was a, a very accomplished businessman. Now, there are multiple stories about what happened to Willard Shoecraft and his legs, but he had no legs. And when I was hired, I went in and I met him. And he was sitting behind his desk. And he was a, a handsome man and really well built. Okay. And, and he was an imposing figure. So I walked in. I sat down. I spoke with him in the trailer. That was where the radio station was. Uh-huh. Then he came around the desk to shake my hand. It threw me a little bit when he kind of leapt out of his chair Oh, he did what? Leapt. He kind of just hoisted himself up and then down. He did not wear prosthetic legs. 
So he kind of hopped around the desk and shook my hand. Wait, wait, wait. This is true. Left. Yeah, he left. Kinda, like, whoa. And then he was down. And okay. then he just kind of went like this. Like he, it was like hopping. He was hopping. That was a good point. Okay. He was hopping. He, wait. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he in a wheelchair that no. he got out of? No. He was he, just in a regular chair. Like you and I are sitting in right now. And he would hop out of the chair. Right. Hip out of the chair. Yeah. And then he'd hop. That's a good way to put it. He'd hop. On his hands. Yes. It's true. I mean, I, I, I don't I can't believe I haven't told you this. No. Okay. He was probably good reason. No, no. Wait, there's more. He was really a very wonderful man. He's no longer with us. He passed. You say he's well built. He he was a step, but the reason he was so well built yeah, is he because he hand. hopped everywhere. So his upper body... Tremendous upper, upper body strength. Right. I mean, one day, we had desks then, and I walked in and sat down at my desk, and I was preparing some notes, and all of a sudden, I felt like an alligator clamp onto my ankle. I swear to God, on my mother's grave, this is true. Wait. And it was like an alligator Wait. had bit me in the ankle. Wait. And I jumped Wait. back, Wait. and, and I, I was shocked... And, and I looked down, no. and it was Willard under the desk. No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, it's true. It was Willard under the desk. And he had grabbed my ankle to scare me. And I thought I'd been bitten by an alligator. And then he hopped out. <laughs> and then there was another time. World. No, this is, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And... He had a car. I mean, he had like a Ford Bronco. And the the controls, he could operate with his hands, right? He had a special car, a special Bronco. So one time, I'm driving in Globe, and I see Willard's Bronco on the side of the road. And I don't see a driver. And I thought, oh, this is odd. I'd better pull over and see what's going on. I did see that the hood was up. So I thought, obviously, there was a mechanical issue, something I could never address, ever. I had no skill at that. But if I could be of any assistance or I could find Willard on the side of the road, I would I would go over. So I go over. I look inside the car, nothing. I walk around to the front of the car with the hood up. He's fixing his own engine. He's inside the engine. Somehow he had hopped up. And he's all the way inside. He's inside his own engine. Because he didn't have any legs, but he was very self-sufficient. So he was fixing his own car. Yet he, he was, was all the way inside the. He engine. was inside the engine. So, upper body. Where, where was his legs? Where, where did he lose? Below the knee? Above the knee? Where? Where was above his legs? the knee? Oh, he was an above the knee guy. Above the knee, and he was actually inside his own car, his own engine, fixing it. He was a married man to a beautiful woman. I believe her name was Billy. She was beautiful. <laughs> I believe her name was Billy. I think so. <laughs> Billy passed away. And then Willard, who was a very handsome man, uh, became involved with another woman who apparently was married. And her husband found out. And as the story goes, started chasing Willard around. He had legs, Willard didn't. And he was chasing him. 
and Willard was hopping away. This is all true. It's I swear to you. I'm not making this up. It it's all true. <laughs> what and why, Willard, why wouldn't Willard why wouldn't Willard why didn't Willard get any prosthetic limbs or legs? I don't have that answer. And Willard's son, and I don't remember his name, Willard's son would go with me when we would do the high school football games. Scott said it's the only thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be the play-by-play guy, but I had to do this radio show as well, and I had to go out and sell advertising. So you would go out, let's say, to J.C. Penny, and, you know, if you wanted to advertise on our radio show here, it would cost you so much money, and we might do the reads for you, and at the very least, you would get the spots. But there what you would do is go to a local business, a J.C. Penny. And you would say, would you like to buy the radio show? And they'd say, sure. And you'd sell the commercials for like a dollar a piece. And then you'd play records, but cut them short so you could get more commercials in and make more money. So Willard's son, and I don't remember his name, would go with me to do the football games. He had graduated from college. I was 19 years old. I had six months of junior college. And he would go with me and we would drive like to Marana and Flowing Wells, Rodney, and you know No, played okay. flowing well. Right, that's where the uh, the Globe Tigers played. It was in that league. <clears throat> and we would drive, and it would be a bit of a drive from Globe. It would be like, you know, three, four hours. The problem was Willard's son smoked so much weed while we were driving and got so loaded that then we would have to pull over to the side of the road so he could take a nap. Because he was so exhausted from smoking this weed. So we would get to the game like 10 minutes before kickoff because he was too loaded to do it. And then driving back late at night, forget about it. I can't yeah, tell did you. He worked the game with you. He just yeah. wanted to go with you. No, he, he was like the analyst, but he could barely speak because he was oh, so loaded. No. And then driving back, I can't tell you how many times when I worked in Globe, how many nights I spent asleep on the side of the road in my car because I was exhausted from from driving and then doing the game, and he was so loaded that he couldn't do anything. So we just slept on the side of the road next to a mountain and a yellow Datsun B210 honeybee. (laughs) True. (laughs) Kevin, do you know what a Datsun is? Yeah, my mom drove a Datsun, actually. Okay, when I was okay. Very, very young. I think the Datsun yeah. was the precursor to the Nissan. Correct. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Correct. It was. Yes, oh, yeah. and that B210, that was, everybody had the B210. Yeah, I got that. A very inexpensive car. Listen, I got that as a present from my parents my senior year in high school. So I was the cool kid because I had the brand new car, and this thing was shiny yellow, yellow as could be. And I took it to West High, and I showed all the kids. Well, I just drove to school, and they went, oh, my God. You got this new car? That's pretty cool. Fred, Fred and the new Datsun B210. The honeybee. The honeybee. Dan yeah. Olin. Dan Olin, who was a good friend of Byron Ethier, who was the father of Andre Ethier. Okay. Dan Olin said, my God, let me see the keys. I gave him the keys. He ran to the car. He started the car, and he started driving around the track really fast. The new car. He just started driving around the track at West High really fast. The the the, the actual track? Yeah. Where you have track meets, he yeah. went on the campus and went he on the He started driving around the track. Driving around the track. Mm-hmm. That happened. Swear to God. I'm glad Ed Ranshaw didn't come. Maybe, maybe he ran over Ed Ranshaw's fingers. Fred, you got bullied with your new car. Yeah, I did. 
I really did. And the honeybee, he's driving around the track. Yeah, just driving around real fast. Driving around. And that was the time, and anybody that listens to the show, and some people do from Phoenix, you'll remember that senior year, that's when Eddie Ortiz, who was a member of the baseball and football team, uh, there would be these parties the kids would go to. It seemed like... You sound like those kids would go... You wouldn't go to those parties, Fred? I was there. Okay. And it, it seemed like, and it wasn't every one of them, and maybe you have experienced something like this in your youth, but it seemed as if every party... And it wasn't all of them, but it seemed that way. That Eddie Ortiz would come running out of the house naked, and no one knew why. Eddie Ortiz. Every, every party? Every party, all of a sudden, you'd you'd be out in front of the house, and Eddie Ortiz would run out naked, and nobody knew It wouldn't knew be why. at Eddie's house, though. It would be somebody else's house? Right. It would rotate houses? Yeah. And no matter how what house you guys were partying at, Eddie Ortiz would come out running naked? Correct. And nobody knew why? We don't know why. We never knew why. No. Listen, I know you know all these West High stories. No, I don't know all those West High stories. That That's the craziest. That was the craziest 20 minutes I had in my life in a long time. <laughs> been, man. I don't even know how about we high school. I don't know how we got high school and kids and teachers with no legs and no <laughs> eyes and eyes popping out. Jeez, the craziest thing. We, I had high school. We had to. The kid, his name was Chris. I can't remember his last name. Luku or something like that. And and uh, the big thing was he had one testicle. The one T man. Yeah, the one T man. And there were myths about it, and people told stories about it. And guys tried to get a glimpse of the one testicle in the in the in the locker room. Did he display it? He displayed it. He was very proud. He was very popular with the ladies because they wanted to see. Yes. You know, Chris Luku. Chris Luku. Chris Luku. I wonder where Chris Luku is today. I don't know. Looking for his other testicle. My God, Fred. You like you watch that kid's eye pop out, or the teacher's eye pop or your friend's eye pop Perry out. Perry Fighter. How come you didn't pick it up for him? Because he, he ran, because see. I said that's your eye, and he ran after it. And yeah, to be I honest could, with you, I was, was a little he freaked good out. in the other eye? Was the other because sometimes no, you know the, no, other, the other eye, eye was okay. Better. He, See, he wore glasses, but he didn't have them on at this moment. If he'd worn the glasses, it probably would have deflected the eye back. But because he had no glasses, it just popped up. Oh, Jesus. And there it went down the hall. <laughs> but <laughs> usually sometimes, you know, if you're if you're either blind, you're, you hear really good. Or you're deaf, you, you see really good. Usually your other senses are amplified. Right. So, his, so losing the one eye didn't make the other eye stronger? Rodney, I wouldn't know. I couldn't, I couldn't see through his eyes. So you're saying the glasses, if he had his glasses on, it would have protected it from falling It could have deflected it and put, like, kept it where he could have caught it in his hand. Well, I had the glasses are probably unnecessary considering that one half were not not in use. Wouldn't it make more sense to have, like, a monocle or something? Or a patch. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I'm just being dead serious. I'm asking important questions here, Fred. I'm just, well, if I'm you just wore, inquiring. Right? If, if he wore a patch, then he would have been the Hathaway man. The guy that used to sell the shirts. Remember him? No. In the Ooh. commercials, Rodney? <laughs> Jesus. They had commercials for Hathaway shirts, and the guy always wore a patch. <laughs> a black eye patch. He would have been oh, the Hathaway Arizona. man. Or he could have worn glasses with one lens. Yes, but that would have been a little odd, don't you think? Well, I mean, isn't it odd to begin with? Well, no. Some people, you know, listen. Especially after you kicked his eye? 
I didn't kick his eye. I didn't kick his eye. I noticed was his eye. Was it hard? Like a like you said, it was a glassy. Like and it was a steely or whatever. Uh, was it? It was a, a glassy. Pearl? It was a glassy. So was it hard like that or was it squishy? Good question. That's a fair question. And here's what's fascinating about it. It looked like a glassy marble, but it was squishy. Was it? Yes. And you know what else? I remember it was blue. Oh. All the way around blue? No. I'm glad you guys were nice. You didn't like pick it up and start playing hacky sack or something. Right. He's just running right. around like, hey, where's my eye? Hey, I need that. What do you think? We're a bunch of savages? I mean, the shoe fits. There goes your eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's little Freddy. <laughs> little Freddy. Freddy chasing after the eye. So it was squishy, though. It was squishy. Did you ever? Did he ever let you feel it? I didn't want to feel it. Why? I didn't want to touch it. Because I was kind of freaked out. But I was trying to act like I wasn't freaked out because I wanted to be supportive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I yeah. You sure you didn't want to touch it? I didn't want to touch it. You know, I'm surprised you stayed as calm as you did with the when your boss was under the desk grabbing your leg. Because my natural inclination would have been like, get the fuck, oh, what the hell is Start stomping. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what I did, I, I swear to you, I've never been attacked by an alligator or a crocodile. I can only imagine if you have, then you understand how, how serious it is. I've never been, but I thought there was an animal and if yeah. I thought this is what an alligator or a crocodile would feel like because it was like a vice grip and understand his body. He was so strong. I mean, if the you took a sledgehammer strength. and hit him in the chest, it would bounce off and kill you. Fred, I don't think there are any <laughs> alligators in Arizona. Wow. Right. I know that. So I don't know what the animal could have been. A Gila monster. No, it would. It a was monitor much more, lizard. No, it was much more intense than that. We definitely had Gila monsters. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but the but the bite was... The feeling was more intense. Maybe it was Sasquatch. Well, then you have to ask uh, Dave McElhinney. Yeah, McElhinney. I know about that. But he grabbed you hard. But he was—he would do this to the other kids, and like in school. No, no. This was the radio station. This was the radio. Oh, this is a radio station guy. Yeah, that was a guy with no legs. I went back to traumatize the employees at the radio station. Yeah, he would do that. The people at the radio station. Well, he did it. Now this is the radio station that was in the trailer. Yes. So he grabbed your leg and the desk on the in the trailer. Yes. Not a whole lot of room in that trailer. You're telling me. Sounds like a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of hope. Oh, I'd have kicked him. That's what I'm saying, Rodney. Right? I was like, yeah, yeah. you don't have like a baseball bat sitting next to your desk or something. Because uh, I just would have yeah. not even looked, just start wailing uh, on him. Absolutely. Yeah, well, look. You know, look at you, look at me. If something attacks me, I just want to survive. If something attacks you, you'll kill it. That's the difference. You know, I don't have much of a chance. So when it when I felt it, I was so traumatized that I just backed up as quickly as I could. And that's when he hopped out and started laughing. <laughs> was he out. drunk, Fred? He he what in the world? Laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Every story I told you, I swear to God, is true. Are these unusual oh. stories? Everybody has stories like this. Are these unusual stories? Yes, they are. He hopped out. Some yeah. weird encounters, Fred, in your life. He got me. He got me good. You should write a book, Fred. Oh, God, no. The story- I'm going to put it on what tape. Was, what, was Hop- what was Hop's name? What was his name? Hop's. Hop's. <laughs> <laughs> no. They called him Stubbs what for short. Sure. What was his Hops. name? Was his name Bill? That's no. the guy, Bill? Willard Shoecraft. Willard. Willard. Uh, yeah. Shoecraft is his name. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any legs or shoes. shoes. And what was his wife's name? Billy? No. Willard and Billy? 
Oh, that was his wife. Yeah. I think his wife was Billy. Born like in the 1800s or something? Like- <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> no, she was very nice. I, I mean, she and, and she was a uh, tall woman. Uh, and, you know, you kind of look. But at- he refused to, he refused to, if, he refused to be, have. he didn't have leg prosthetic. No. And he refused to have a wheelchair? I never saw him in a wheelchair. He was so swole, Rodney. I never no, saw him. How did he get around? He, he hopped. He, he, hop. he wore he gloves on he his hands, right? Yeah. He wore gloves. I've actually seen that before in a movie. No, I've seen it too. But usually, people they also have a wheelchair that they keep with them if they gotta, you know, get down somewhere real quick or do something. They 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 get out and they you know use their hands and stuff. He was like but a he projectile. Did, he, he could just go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. True. And it, this was a shoe craft cat. Yeah. The shoe craft cat. Did you say he could, like, did he hop like a rabbit? Like, how fast and far did he hop if someone yeah. was chasing him? Well, see, that yeah. was the issue when the married guy yeah. was after him. Right. And I think, as the story goes, I can't confirm it. He got him in a room, and he latched the door, and Willard could not reach up that high. Oh, Lord. And started chasing him around the room. Oh, Lord. He started chasing Willard around the room? Yeah. Yeah. And they locked him in. Yeah, and Willard couldn't reach up that high. I mean... But if Willard got him on the ground, you know, Willard probably with his upper body strength could take him. Be a little UFC. Yeah. I don't know how that ground played out. Ground and pound. No. Yeah, I, I don't know how that played I out. I was going to ask you, was like, what was the uh, the final result in that? I uh, don't know, and I don't know if Willard continued to see that woman if on, that relationship Fred. continued. You I don't, don't know. know what happened? No. No, I do not know. So you're going to leave us all hanging like this? Well, I've been hanging like this for 40 years. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking the same thing myself. I don't know. Willard is not alive. He's no longer with us? He's not with us. Oh. May he rest in peace. He was really a good guy. You know, usually this would be something right up your alley. If he was still alive, I would love to get him on the show. Oh, you uh, have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, change my oil in my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, well, we still have stuff we have to get to. Oh, I mean, sports stuff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't know it was going to take a turn like this. Wow. Okay. That might win us an Emmy. Right. <laughs> That's all it took. You know what? We've been doing it this many years, and now we know what it takes to win. All right, we'll be back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's your girl Nina Chantel. You're listening to my homies, Fred Rogan and Rodney P on AM570 LA Sports, your home of the Dodgers. Oh, ho, ho. I'm going to say it, and I'll say it loud. 
Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Freddie, I don't know where your mind comes from. I don't know where you got that from. I don't know what possessed you to have those stories so vividly in your brain. But I will say, you absolutely, without a doubt, could not have made that up. No, I didn't make any of it up. No way in the world. That is hilarious. It's all true. It's a book. It's a book, as Ronnie said. It's a book. It is. My goodness. Stories from the, you know, they used to have tales from the crypt. Yeah. Stories from Fred. I don't know what you call it, but man, oh man, Fred. You want to hear one more story? Yeah. Got me on the edge of my seat. All right. I'll give you one more because I was just sitting here thinking when you said that. And this is one that it actually happened. I'm working in Yuma now. I was in Globe. Yeah, but, oh, it's, so, it's so funny. A lot of people that listen to us, and even though we're in L.A., but a lot of people, I'm sure, like, what are these towns? What are these places where you said when you say it and I hear it, it's like, oh, yeah, Yuma. It's right, right exactly. around the Globe. Oh, yeah, right around the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so Carefree? Yeah, right around the corner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. You know, all the little towns mm-hmm. and all the little Strawberry, Arizona. Flowing wells yeah. and all those things. Yeah, right. it's just like normal. Right. conversation for me so when i was in globe by the way when i was hired in radio i made four hundred dollars a month that's a what month? I got, a month that's what i got paid so i went to yuma which was a bigger city not much but bigger mm-hmm. i mean globe was five thousand people i went to yuma and i made seven hundred and fifty dollars a month okay all okay. right moving on up and i was doing the football uh the play-by-play of the football team the kofa kings on k blue radio 56 again there i had to do a radio show and sell my own advertising. And I also got to do the football games. So that's where I was rock and roll Rogan every day, 10 to three, another biscuit from the ever loving oven of hits. Wait, 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 Kevin. Wait, run that bombing one more time for it. Hey, it's rock and roll Rogan every day. 10 wait, to wait, three. wait, 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 you recording this, Kevin? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, give I, it to I, me. Like you used to give it to us. All right. Rock and roll. Like you used to give it to the people. Go. Here's it was. Uh, okay. Hang on, Fred. Let me get a clean copy in three, two, oh, Hey, Rock and Roll Rogan back with you on K-Blue 56. Here's another biscuit from the ever-loving oven of hits. Earth, Wind, and Fire, the album version. Cut, Reasons. print. Oh, okay. I stepped on it. That's Sorry, right. Fred. Okay. Take two. Yeah, buddy. No, that's fine. That's fine. You got enough of it. So anyway, I was... Ever-loving oven. Ever-loving oven of hits. So I was Rock and Roll Rogan there, and I did the play-by-play of the local high school football team. By the way, that's how I got into TV in Yuma. They had a TV station there, too. And I thought, you know what? I've, I have no training in this. I didn't yeah. go to school. But maybe I could try to do TV sports. So I walked into the guy in charge of TV. I said, hey, is it okay? I'd like to try out to be the TV sportscaster. And the guy looks at me and he goes, are you kidding me? You think this is a place we let people try out? There are no tryouts. You're on. And that's how I got on TV. And they paid me $5 a night. I got paid $5 a night to do the TV? Yeah. $5 $5 a night. So I was rock and roll Rogan during the day. Then I'd go on TV, and that's where we gave the Fred the Head Award. Somebody made a life-size bust of my head. They they put cast material around me, and then they took it off, and it was this life-size bust, and we put it on the desk. And every week, we would give the Fred the Head Award to the person oh, who Lord. had done the best performance. Okay. So anyway, Fred what, the Head Award? Yeah, so when I'm on the radio there, uh, I I also did a K Blue 56 Sports Talk. 
And that was Sunday. So I did my radio show, the hour of sports talk, and TV. And I would do the play-by-play for the Kofa Kings. They weren't very good. And I realized quickly, and as I got into radio, that, you know, we can sit here and talk all day about national stories, and we can talk about all of these topics. And what people in local cities care about is their local team. And in a city like Yuma, they cared about their high school football team. So I wasn't afraid to talk about the high school football team. I did the play-by-play. They weren't very good. Mm-hmm. I was like 19 years old at this point, but I was honest about it and talked about it. And the coach called me, Conrad Luhan. <laughs> remember these names. And he said, he called me, he goes, I want to meet you. I want to meet you at school one day. And I want to talk to you. Like angry like that? Yeah, really you thought angry. he was angry? Oh, yeah, really angry. And I said, uh, well... Uh, we're not going to do that, Coach. I mean, he was a big guy. And it, it, it was kind of menacing in the way he spoke to me. So I didn't uh-huh. do that. So now I'm doing my regular radio show. And people would call in and request songs. And when you do music radio, you know, you have a lot of people that call and talk to you while the songs are on. And this woman kept calling. Mm-hmm. And she sounded very sexy and very sensual. And she called herself the Spider Woman. And oh, she, Lord. And she would call me. And she would talk to me. Now, again, I'm a kid. And she's talking to me, and I can tell she's much older than I am. And she's kind of being flirtatious. And and I'm thinking, huh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a big radio star in Yuma. I guess this is what you, you got. Here's another biscuit from the Ever-Loving Oven of Hits. Thank Earth, you. Earth, Wind & Fire, the album version. Yeah. So the woman is calling me and talking to me. And she says to me, hey, why don't you meet me at some bar or something there? When you get off, mm. and mm. she goes, I'll be there tonight at 7 o'clock. I went, oh, okay. I'll be there. <laughs> so now I think. What does she look like? Brent? Well, well, okay. It turns out she's exceptionally attractive. Oh. Okay. It turns out. Oh, yes. Let me sit up in my seat. Okay. It turns out she's exceptionally attractive, but I choose not to go that night. I choose not to go. I just think, no, I better not do Something this. Something in your gut was telling you don't go, huh? Don't go. Okay. She calls me the next day while I'm on the air, and she's very upset. Did I you just, tell her you were going to meet her? I said, yeah. Yeah, I said, but something came up. I couldn't go. She said, well, she wanted to let me know she was really upset. Okay? About 20 minutes later, I'm still on the air. I get another phone call. It's from Conrad Luhan, the coach I told you about of Kofa High School. And you know what he said to me? You better watch your ass if you're setting up a date with my wife. Oh. Yeah. I didn't go. What? Yeah. His wife was Spider Woman. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God you didn't go. I didn't go. I didn't go. I had no idea. And she either was A, setting me up, or B... She had her own life that he found out about, but I didn't go. I'll tell you where I did go. Where did she want you to meet her? At some bar somewhere. Mm. I'll tell you where I did go. To Austin, Texas, as quickly as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) I got that TV job in Austin. I said, thank you, everybody. I literally ran you out of town. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
We're giving away Dodger tickets this summer. That's very fascinating, Fred. You you have oh, led a wonderful, God. strange life. Yes. Okay, uh, Vivid. Enough stories. Between you and Vic, my God. Yeah. Oh, Vic's got stories. Jeez. All right, so we're giving away Dodger tickets. We'll obviously have to do it coming up pretty quick because yes. we're almost out of time in the first hour. <laughs> Phil Plaschke is going to join us at the top of the hour. And when we come back, let's talk about the Chargers and the Chiefs getting ready for tonight's game. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now another Rogan and Rodney oh, yeah. afternoon delight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today's throwback Thursday edition of Afternoon Delight is Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Diana Ross, the boss. Written by Ashford and Simpson, this song was initially recorded and popularized by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell in 1967, but was covered by Ross in 1970 and became her first number one single as a solo artist. Ross's version of the song topped the Billboard charts in September of 1970 and received the Grammy nomination for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance that year. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Diana, the boss, Ross. All right, we do have Chargers and Chiefs coming up. You'll hear it on Alt 98.7. I'm on yeah, record. Will. I took the Chargers, and, and I'm not walking that back. We'll, we not will get to that coming up, Rodney, but something struck me before what we hit the you? top of the hour here. And it wasn't lightning. It wasn't lightning. Uh, so the Dodgers lost last night. Craig Kimbrell gave up a, a home run. Honestly, I understand. A lot of people will, will take hours discussing this. My feeling is who cares? They lost. Stop it. It doesn't matter. Uh, and Craig Kimbrell had been lights out for a while. He got hit last night. So we'll just we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on it. Dave Roberts said after the game, you know, if he does the job, he's got the job. Pretty simple. He goes out there and he gives up home runs. He doesn't have the job. Okay, so that's that part of it. Can you explain to me as a guy that played baseball what that kid from Arizona was doing trying to win the game and steal home plate oh, God. with two outs? <laughs> can you explain to me McCarthy he's a rookie so he's on third base he's got his lead off here's the pitch yeah. it was kind of like little league yeah, so delayed steal so Barnes throws it back to Evan Phillips and all of a sudden McCarthy breaks for the plate and Evan Phillips oh and he catches it and he just throws it back to Austin Barnes real fast and they tag him out and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, that was a pretty gutsy call by Tori Lovello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, trying <laughs> yeah. to win the game right here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because, I mean, that's something you see in Little League. 
And I'm thinking, all right, you know what? I got to give it to this guy. That that was quite a decision. You have a runner on third, and you're going to try to win it right here. Okay. So he's out. They look at it again. They claim that Austin Barnes was blocking the plate, which he wasn't. The guy was out. And you think, well, that was ill-advised. But at least they gave it a good shot. You come back from break, and now you see Tory Lovello in the dugout talking to the guy. <laughs> Not talking. Well, <laughs> he wasn't just talking. He, he was having a conversation. Yes, a stern conversation. And, and when you see the conversation, you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, maybe, maybe the guy didn't do exactly what he was told, or maybe he broke the wrong way, or because, I mean, he was out, but it was kind of close. Bang, right. bang. It was close. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, it was close. So you see this conversation. All right. Then Arizona goes back out into the field. The guy's not in the game anymore. He took him out of the game. Well, he was the DH, Fred. No, he wasn't, was he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he was DH. I didn't know he was the DH. Yeah, he I was thought, oh, my DH. God, they took him out. No, he was the DH. But um, <laughs> first off, Yes, it wasn't a called play because, as you mentioned, coming back from break, you see he and Tori Lovello having a conversation, and it was not a conversation that they were some back and forth. It was Tori Lovello letting them have it and explaining to him, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Um, but clearly it's one of those, you know, it's one of those plays that the guys on, on uh, in the dugout are watching you know, Austin Barnes throw it back. Hey, he watched him. What's the way he throws it back to the pitcher? He's very lackadaisical. He's very, you know, he pops it up in the air. He doesn't throw it firm. So, you know, he might have a chance to steal a base on this, you know, and do the delayed steal. As soon as he gets ready to release to take off because he's throwing it so high and so soft back to the pitcher, there's no way that the pitcher can get it and turn it around that, that quickly. And so I'm sure that's something that he was watching, the team was watching. Sure, he had a conversation with other people. Oh, and we might be able to steal that base. And he gets the third, and he tries it at that moment. Ooh, ready? That's one of those. That's one of those. That's one of those ones that uh, that you wouldn't be surprised if that guy is uh, somewhere else. If they were in in the heat of a race, if they were in it somehow, like the Diamondbacks were close. That's one that he made, you know, you talk about he wasn't in the game. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be back in the game because you don't make that play. Oh, I, I'll give it to him. It was exciting. But it was <laughs> exciting. <laughs> but it was it was very close. It was very close. And they pointed it out that had he not uh, taken that half close, step back. Back, yeah. He had not take that half step back. And his momentum was going back towards third base before he took off to home. He might have been safe. Game over. A rookie. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Tried to win the game right there. Hey, I'm trying to make a play, coach. <laughs> coach, I'm trying to make a play, coach. Yeah, Fred, you talked about going to uh, working in Yuma. I think that's where that kid is headed back mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> winning Dodger tickets. 866-987-5570. Who's winning them? Number four. Caller four? Yes. 866-987-2570. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. 
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.